I just want more emails that are like, Tom, have money, have all this money. <laughs> I don't get those emails. This is the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And we bring you the formula to discover travel freedom. Step one, learn the secrets of affordable long-term travel. Every Thursday, we'll show you how we travel the world in style, full-time, for as little as $300 per person per month. Step two, learn how to create enough online income to support your travel lifestyle. Every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods they use to get paid wherever they are in the world. So join us twice a week for Money Mondays and Travel Thursdays. And discover travel freedom on the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. This is Money Mondays, episode 006. Today we chat to Deb and Dave from The Planet D, the biggest adventure travel blog in the world. And we're going to talk about sponsorship and why you need to build your brand before asking for money. There is no sense contacting a company if you don't have a readership, if you don't have a social media following, and if you don't have a strong brand. So you have to give the time. Don't even go into this thinking that you're going to start making money unless you've been around for a year and you start building that brand. I think if it comes down to it, if you really need 50 bucks, then maybe you should <laughs> keep your day job. Well, hello everybody, it's time for the news. Oh, dramatic today. Yeah, I thought this was going to be the drama news because we've got exciting reports to make. Ooh, yes. As you know, the last couple of weeks we have been hustling because that's what we do. We mm -hmm. hustle, 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 hustle. And we are really excited to announce to you guys that we have two brand new sponsors for our podcast. Oh, Woo! yes. And this is all very good timing, as later on in this episode, we're actually talking to Deb and Dave from Planet D about sponsorship. It just so happened that, of course, we actually spoke to them a couple of weeks ago when we recorded this interview, and some of the tips that we got out of them have actually helped us to succeed and get sponsorship ourselves. Sponsorship is really freaking awesome because it means we are being creative for cash. We are making podcast episodes, which are fun to do, that we like doing, and getting paid, which works a lot better for us than doing SEO for articles to eventually get them ranked on Google to yeah. get money. Yeah. So yeah. really, yeah, this is much better than doing all those keyword searches, which are boring. But one of the reasons as well that we're so excited to have our two sponsors on board is because they really aligned with our podcast there's really only two sponsors we had in mind. Um, well, so there's three, but I won't tell you who the other one is. No, <laughs> but we scored two out of those three because we really thought about it. We're like, who makes sense? Who? Because you don't want to be like just plugging someone who you don't give a shit about. You need to plug someone who you believe in so that the people listening believe too. And so we don't just look like a bunch of secondhand car salesmen selling you a heap of crap just to make a few dollars. Exactly. No, basically, we're actually supporting two companies that really, really align with our brand and what we do. They're the sort of people that are ideal for you guys as well. So, you know, this is a, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. Uh, so, number one, we have aligned with TrustedHouseSitters.com. Surprise, surprise. Yes, well, yes, you wouldn't be surprised about that. No, no. We, we use them all, all the, time. the time. All the time. We're actually house-sitting right now. Just saying. Number two, Tom. Tell them who number two is. Well, Nomad's Insurance, which is the best insurance company for digital nomads. Literally, they understand what a digital nomad is, and I can't tell you how difficult it has been in the past to find an insurance company that actually gets the fact that you're gonna to travel to all these random locations with laptops and iPads, and we'll be talking about them at later times throughout the next few series, obviously because they are our sponsor. Yeah, so, but yeah. we're gonna do things a little bit differently because it gets a little boring hearing the, this is our 22nd advert. Join World Nomads Insurance now. Sign up and get a great deal. Although actually, if you do sign up, you will get a really great deal. Yeah, we got, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got a 5% discount. We got a 5% discount for you guys as well with the, with the discount code WN5DP. But we are gonna be taking the new media approach to this when we are doing advertising for them. Advertising has moved on. If it's really obvious you're being advertised to, people generally turn off. Just yeah. like when the adverts come on the TV, you bugger off to make a cup of tea or something. It's yeah, better idea. to engage people with really interesting content and then, like, you know, somewhere in the mix or at the end of it, you sort of draw that idea in that perhaps they should consider going with this company. It's no more hard sell. That's what's moved on. Hard sells don't work in the way that they used to. People have got a bit too wise to them. Mm. So this advertising that we're doing for 2015, we're thinking that you guys might not even realize we're advertising the company half the time until you go, oh, shit, were they just recommending World Nomads right. Insurance? I totally forgot with their sponsors. Yeah, and that's all right because, you know, you guys want to get some cool content and the only way we can afford to produce this show is if we have sponsors. So that's our uh, super exciting news for the week. Yes, we are officially sponsored. Woo! Woohoo! Moving on, we started this one last week, uh, but we're going to do another bit this week. We're calling it Story Corner. 
where we tell exciting stories from our travels. What accent is that? Um, I don't know. It changes every week. Are you going to do that every week? Well, last week was Arabic Welsh. <laughs> so this week, I'm not really sure what that was supposed to be. I don't think that was a real accent. I don't know. You're a retarded leprechaun. I, was, <laughs> All right then. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. <laughs> Stop being Irish quite, You're quite quickly. You're watching too much Peaky Blinders. I really have. Anyway, this week's story. We were in Burma and Meg decided to put her hand in a can. Wait, 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 wait. You can't just start the story like that. I can't. I actually, I just did start the story like that, and you've got to start with the best bit, right? And then you go back to the start of the story, like Tarantino style. <laughs> okay, well, okay, so let's tell the story from the beginning. We were on a motorbike trek, and it's when we arrived at this Nepalese village in the northeast of Burma that our tour guide, Tora, suggested that the baby cows like to suckle, and it would be kind of really cute if I put my hand in its mouth. Yes, mouth. Not whatever it is I know the rest of you were thinking when Tom said that I put my hand in a cow. You put your hand in a cow. Cow's mouth. Mm -hmm. But also, people would be thinking, why would you put your hand in a cow's mouth? That's yeah, why stupid. Would you? He said it'd be cute. Anyway, it turns out it was a vampire cow that was not cute, and it took a big chunk out of my little finger. Mm. I actually think, personally, that it's payback for that cow you assaulted when you were younger. <laughs> okay, right. Now, if we're talking about you putting your hand in a cow, Saying that I assaulted a cow does make it sound a little bit wrong and it could be misconstrued, <laughs> especially as I'm from the country and all. <laughs> um, country boys. Yeah, country boys. Well, look, I didn't exactly assault a cow, but I did ride a motorbike around a field in the dark when I was 16 and I might have ridden it into a cow. Yes. Who and was a little bit upset with me at the time. Yes, and 16 years later, this cow was like, you hurt my brother, and so I will take revenge by hurting someone you love. Revenge cow! <laughs> revenge. <laughs> That's what revenge cows sound like. Exactly. Anyway, took a big chunk. I tried to disinfect it, but the finger got super infected. Really bad. I had this massive lump on my finger and had to get an operation to get like it chopped off, which they didn't give me enough anesthetic, and it hurt like hell. And also five rabies shots in all these different countries, because we were traveling really fast at that time. So it was like one in Thailand, and one in Hong Kong, and one in bloody China. Oh my god, it was a nightmare. And then we paid it all out going, oh okay, it'll be fine because we can just claim it on travel insurance. And then it turned out, when we read the terms and conditions, that they would only pay out once I went back home to Australia, had a GP check it, like to say, yes, you were bitten on the cow but on Yeah, and that you should have had rabies shots. So they want an Australian GP to prove that you should have had rabies shots, and they did not trust foreign doctors, apparently. Yeah, but I wasn't going home to Australia, so No, because now... we're digital nomads. We're not going home. We travel full-time. We don't want to travel all the way back to Australia to get a GP. Yeah, so even though we had insurance, we were completely out of pocket. Yeah, so we didn't get any of the money back. And we sort of learned our lesson from that, yeah. which is why we don't use that insurance company that shall we not be named anymore. Shall not be named. Uh, we did try to find quite a few different insurance companies, and they all seem to have similar problems like this. If you're not starting in the country, if you're not finishing in the country, like, it's just a complete minefield. Which is the whole reason why we're now supporting World Nomads, because they do actually allow you to claim wherever you are. You can start your policy wherever you are. It's yeah, because a lot of places you've got to be in your home country to actually apply for insurance. But... Yeah, which is great if you're going on a one-week holiday, as we said earlier, but it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, we've been home in two years. Months. Yeah, we're going to fly back to Australia to get our insurance. Get insurance. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if you are on the road full-time, it is really awesome to have an insurance company that helps you out when it comes down to getting bitten by psycho vengeful cows. Revenge cow! Yes! Which is why we've got a discount code for that. We do! It's pretty exciting. Just for listening to our little podcast, we've got 5% discount for you guys. So head over to worldnomads.com. Put in the code, it's WN. 5DP, so like World Nomad $5 Planet, you get 5% off your next travel insurance policy. Yeah, and as we said before, because we like giving out discounts, our other favourite sponsor, MrTrustedHouses.com, also 15% off that with the code 5DP. And we've actually been really surprised, because obviously we get notifications every single day of the new house sets that are coming up, because we need to keep up with what's going on, you need to apply quickly if you want to get a house set. So that's what we do, we get like every single house set that comes through. And there's actually been quite a few coming up in Asia now. There were yeah. some that were coming up in Malaysia yesterday. Lao! There was one Lao. from Lao! Really cool! Like, there's some really cool places, and Bangkok as well! So, you know, expats over there, or maybe non-expats, who knows? But lots of houses in Asia, you can just go and house sit there. It's actually getting quite exotic. It's not just about house sitting in London or something. It's go tropical. Yeah. Awesome. That is the end of today's travel tale of stupidity. Story corner. Please don't do that anymore. Oh.
I'm going to have to come up with a different accent for next week. And you might not like what it is. <laughs> I doubt it. You'll end up with the Angry Scotsman. It's going to be Angry Scotsman. Tune in next week for Angry Scotsman Story Corner. Oh, no. This is going to be fun. <laughs> you knew Angry Scotsman would come back. God, he's angry. I stole his haggis and he's angry. <laughs> well, today we're actually, as we mentioned earlier, we're talking to Dev and Dave from the Planet D, who are like the biggest adventure travel bloggers in the world. Mm -hmm. And they are going to be telling you all about getting awesome sponsorship and how they do it. Because sponsorship is what they do to make money. That's pretty much their main income now. They don't do loads of other random crap. They do sponsorship. So the whole sponsorship thing is just approaching companies and saying, we want to work with you. And we got down to the nitty gritty and asked them exactly how they go about it. So here's the interview for you. Okay, so today we are with Deb and Dave from the Planet D. We're going to be talking about sponsorship and how to make money from your blog, how to pitch to companies, and get them to give you cash. Because really, or stuff, free stuff also, very good. That's what people want if they're blogging. It's what we're trying to get, and it's what Deb and Dave have already been doing. So that's why we're going to mine their brains for really good information on pitching. But first of all, guys, uh, thanks for coming on the show, and please tell us a little bit about yourself and the Planet D. Hey, thanks for having us. I have to laugh if you could just see us. We're both pointing at each other. You're first, you're first. No, you're first. We're lucky it's not a video interview. Yeah, yeah exactly. Dave pointed at me, I'm answering. Tell us about ourselves. Well, we're Dave and Deb. Um, we've been, gosh, we, we're old. We've been married since 19, well, we've been together since 1991. So uh, we started our travel blog, theplanetd.com, in 1998 when oh, we started. Wow. Oh, no, 2008. 2008. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's, oh now I'm not impressed. I was still in the 90s when, I, when we met. But we met in 1991, but we started our blog in 2008 when we cycled the continent of Africa. Nice. Um, we had been working in the film industry for over a decade at that point, and we were like so many people, stuck in the rat race, tired, you know, never saw each other working too much, and we were like, travel changed our lives. So we said, how can we make this a full-time career? And that's when the Planet D was born. Very How's nice. that? That's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a good start. All right. I don't want to get to the meat of it, so you don't want to hear too much about our background. So <laughs> No, people will jump on your blog after listening to this, and they can find out more about you if they don't know about you already. So that's all good. So then the big question is, and this is probably something everybody wants to know about, how do you actually make money? Can you break it down just a little bit? What sort of things do you do that make you money? The way we make our money at this point in time, because again, it's, it's evolved over the years. Started out with way, way back when we first started just uh, with, with text links and stuff like that and, and tried some advertising that way. But the majority of the way we make our money now is through sponsorship. Corporate sponsors, we have a sponsorship from Expedia.com. We're one of their viewfinders and ambassadors. Also American Express and a clothing company named Royal Robins are the, the main ones that we're working with right now. So uh, we try and basically spread ourselves over not just within the in the travel niche, but also try and get out there and bring in other elements of lifestyle that really fit with travel and use them as a sponsor as well. So you're mainly focusing on a few brands who you work with as, a, as an ambassador, perhaps. Is that mainly what you'd call it? Yeah, yes. that's exactly it. We focus on, and we're talking about now that we've been doing this a while, we do less brands, more money yeah. from each brand. But uh, we also do smaller projects as well. But things like Expedia, American Express, Royal Robins, they're long-term contracts. Like American Express and Expedia especially, we're going on four years with both companies now. So they're long-term, year-long uh, sponsorship contracts. But we do a lot of, I'll break it down, we do other smaller campaigns. Like we're doing a three-month campaign with Carnival Cruise Lines right. where we're, we're going to be their adventure uh, cruise specialists. And for people who don't cruise, it's going to be an interesting thing. We're taking our first cruise in April with them you know, to uh, talk about that. We'll do smaller campaigns where things like Dave is hosting, uh, judging a photography contest where he gets paid for that. Right. We and we also do uh, destination-specific multimedia campaigns where we work with specific destinations and tourism boards on multimedia campaigns where, you know, including video, selling photography, running trips, uh, as well as our, our blog and, uh, and stuff like that. So it's multifaceted. Like, it's obviously the, the way that we work with destinations is different than the way we work with brands. So I think being able to spread yourself over those two things, it allows you to be more diverse and be more creative. And yeah. I know we're not like a lot of people out there. A lot of people sell products, whether it be eBooks or, or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> we just sell ourselves. <laughs> So you guys started out when a lot of the opportunities weren't even around. So, um, so you've had to really evolve with the companies as well into what is going on in the travel industry uh, with working with bloggers today. What would be some of your tips for people just starting out in this sort of industry? Is what are some of the best ways to approach these people to get noticed and and uh, and sort of get a foot in the door? 
perfect. Good question. One thing I want to say is, first of all, you know, I'm, I just finished writing an article about this, how when we first started, everybody kept doing content is king, worry about content, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't understand what they meant by that. But the what they mean, and when people say that is, make sure that you create great content enough that people keep coming back, that eventually people start noticing you. There is no sense contacting a company if you don't have a readership, if you don't have a social media following, and if you don't have a strong brand. So you have to give the time. I wouldn't, I, we can tell everybody, don't even go into this thinking that you're going to start making money and have it sustainable unless you've been around for a year and you start building that brand and you have a lot of content and something to give the, the company. Building an audience first is key into working with brands because they do want to see that you have influence with your readers and I think that's really important and something that that can only be established over an amount of time so by building that relationship it allows you to have more credibility in the eyes of a brand yeah something I noticed a lot of the new bloggers are coming in they're going right away how can I make money and it's this you know you backwards have to it's backwards. you have to start thinking how can I build my brand first for us it was a lot slower process like you said we started there weren't any opportunities so people that started back in 2008 2009 we were all just in it trying to get noticed trying to build our brand and it was taking two to three years before we really saw any money coming in but because we took that time to really establish our niche and our brand now the opportunities are coming to us we rarely have to pitch and I think I will we'll get to pitching after but I, I think that that's something people should focus on is I'm gonna build my content and a great brand here and have a really strong identity of who I am why you love to travel why people should come to your blog and what makes people keep coming back and then eventually they're going to start spreading the word about how amazing you are and how inspired they are about you that companies are going to start noticing you yeah and that's when you can go and sort of pitch when because you have to have confidence to pitch I always say and you know but having confidence is only comes when you have that audience behind you and you, and you have something of value to, to show people out there what point is it that you get there and you go okay right I am big enough now. I have got enough followers. When should people start pitching if they're new to blogging? I, I, we've actually had this question before and we, we've talked about it before where I think that you should have at least, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge number because blogging is very specific. I remember when we first started working with Intrepid Travel, this was back in 2010, they were one of our first, and they said to us they would rather have 6,000 people read the article on the Planet D because they are focused they're engaged and they know that they're coming to us because they want adventure travel mm -hmm. then something going out to a hundred thousand people in a newspaper where they don't know if they're even going to notice it or not so that really stuck home hit home mm -hmm. with me so if you think about it if you're maybe getting 10,000 readers a month that's enough to start going to people and saying I have an engaged mm -hmm. audience these people are coming to my blog because they love my type of travel and they're very focused on travel so I think something like that having people like things like 10,000 you know I think that's, yeah. a, good think that's a good place to start yeah and I think that you want to have uh, at least uh, we were saying this before I think 10,000 in all of your social media it doesn't have to maybe be 10,000 Twitter followers 10,000 Facebook but combine them all up and that's something that companies can start going hey I see value in this and when we say that I mean like that's going in pitching for monetized campaigns so you know, like if you're looking to get paid for this you should have sort of some sort of baseline like this but you know you also don't be afraid to work up to that as well you know it's uh, you don't have to start right off asking for money you can go out there and prove your worth to destinations and brands as well by participating in campaigns where maybe money isn't the first thing on the table and we've been able to do that with some other brands where we actually have built a relationship with them before we went in and asked for money so yeah. that's another thing to look at don't, I know a lot of bloggers will yeah, give us say, don't, don't trouble do stuff with, for, for that but, but we disagree with them like we say just like an apprenticeship program or a uh, going to school you have to learn and you have to start somewhere so I have no problem with people getting in exchange for exposure and to start building the relationship with the company and proving their worth of doing something at first for it's not for free because you're still giving them value but you get the trip for free and then show them the value that you give uh -huh. and then you know you can say okay that went really well look at how how great it did maybe we can start talking about the next trip you're going to pay me something for that and I think that's a great way to gauge whether you have value or not but by going and doing something like that and getting the feedback from a destination then you know you sort of get that sense of yeah I do have value or maybe no I need to keep building on that okay so before we get into the the nitty-gritty of pitching I want to ask you a little bit more about sponsorships yeah. um, now for someone who is quite early on in this and doesn't have the sort of readership you have should they just start with approaching small companies will big corporations just ignore them I mean if they wanted to talk to Amex like you're working with Amex would a small blogger who's only got 10 to 20,000 readers per month just be ignored completely or do they have a shot if they put in a good pitch? Ooh, I think that, that there's nothing wrong if you have a great idea. Yeah. We've talked to some companies where they, like actually Dave was going to answer so I'm going to let you go. I think that 
there's nothing wrong. If you have a great and unique idea, which are very hard to find nowadays, it doesn't matter the size of the company. It's how you approach them with the idea. So, uh, and this sort of gets into pitching and, and how you put your pitch together and showing them that you know what they're about. You can show value of how it will link in and mesh with their audience and show them the benefit. And it's got to be unique. Those are the key things before audience. You know, I know a PR person or a company will take a great idea first before even looking at the numbers. Yeah, and you have to remember that if they really love your idea and they love you, they have the means and the money and the readership that they can promote it. So if I remember saying to somebody, uh, one, one PR person we were talking to, and we were talking going, wouldn't you just love to find the next big thing? Because you're not always going to have the same people at the top and other people are going to rise to the top. And it, that company would just be thrilled if they found the great idea with the right personality and they brought you to the top. You know, So mm. I think that it, there's nothing wrong, but you want to make sure that you have a really strong pitch. PR, we've talked to them before as well. They said, we're really busy. And if someone comes to us with a great idea and we can roll with it, I think you have to have a, you're not proven. You need to have, I think you should have a lot of, like at least that year of experience, like mm. we said. But you don't have to have, you know, the hundreds of thousands of readers and hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah, oh, cool. Okay. Well, let's get into the, the pitching then. All right. So first of all, the first thing you want to do, you want to find out who you want to approach. I suppose you want to choose a company that you should work with and you want to find out how to contact them. Now, obviously with a small blog, it's quite easy. Like with you guys, it's pretty easy to contact you because you've got your about page and we just contact you. It's, it's that simple. But if you're dealing with a larger company, how would you actually find out who it is you need to talk to, get their email address or even the phone number and be able to get in touch with them directly? So you're talking to the right person and your email doesn't just get ignored by like admin customer staff service. or customer service who don't even know what you're talking about, for example. Exactly. Yeah, uh, we've actually had this before when we were looking for some sponsorship for the Mongo Rally. So we know this. Go to their media page and find out, you know, right there you can find out who's in charge of media relationship relations, who's in charge and you can contact them. But the best, one of the best things that we found was that we started talking to them on social media. Start and not just like right, like don't go, hey, how do I contact you? Start a couple months before. Start nurturing that relationship. Say, hey, you know, I want to work with uh, Expedia.com, so I'm going to start and getting involved in their Twitter chats, and I'm going to start talking to them a lot and retweeting them. And then once you get develop that relationship with the social media person, you can send them a DM. We've done that several times where, where we've chatted a lot, even with Air Canada and things like that. And we're like, hey, we have a great idea. Can you put us on to who we should talk to? But you want to make sure you get that relationship solidified before you email. There's nothing worse than them getting some cold call on social mm -hmm. media saying, hey, can you put me in contact with who I did in PR? And I think Twitter is the, the easiest way to do that. That PR person that's, taking, that's in charge of the Twitter account mm -hmm. can put you in exactly who you need to talk to. And I also say, don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Yeah. You know, so many people nowadays, email is probably the worst way to get in touch with somebody. Everybody knows that everybody's email box is filled with hundreds and hundreds of emails that they have to go through. But, you know, how many people are picking up the phone and, and phoning and trying to find the person they need to talk to on the phone? I phone yeah. them up, say, hey, you know what? Who's in charge of uh, the, the marketing department in your company? All you have to do is get a name and you don't have to talk to them right there. You know, and then you can phone them back once you have your idea and set up a meeting or, like you said, build that relationship and then phone them. You've got the name. Yeah. So don't be afraid don't to get on the phone. Don't say who's in charge, though. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Tell me. <laughs> Let them know who you are. Say you have a sponsorship idea that you have. You're, you have an event coming up in a couple of months, and you'd like to approach the company as sponsorship. And then uh, that's all you need. You don't have to give the front of line person all any information. And normally, people will you know, send it on to the person that you should talk to. Yeah, and LinkedIn's another great resource to go in and find out who is where within a company. With a, with a little bit of digging, you can find out who is in what department. I find most people are really nice too. When we have, have sent some specific sponsorship that we've been looking for, we send an email, if, if, and actually we have followed them up with phone calls too, but if you send an email saying, hey, I have a sponsorship idea, keep it short and sweet. Um, are, are you the right person that I would get in touch with or, is, or can you send on who it is? And we've had people send us on, bounce us around to three different places, and they, then we so get to the right place. Person. They'll be like, oh, I think I, I can't do this, but I can help you out. I remember we did that with one of our first pitches to Thailand Tourism. We had an idea where we were on our way to Thailand, and we asked them, emailed the person we found in Thailand, and they said, well, you're Canadian, you know, this is who you want to talk to. And they bounced us around, and we eventually got a trip, that trip uh, to Thailand out of it that we were mm, planning. Very nice. I'll have one of those if you've got any spare <laughs> Thailand trips going. Yeah. The thing was, we had an idea, and we had a plan in mind, but we just did the quick first email saying, are you the person I talked to? How important is it, do you think, to go into conferences like TBEX where you do get the 
the opportunity to schmooze with these sponsors and uh, and brands right there in front of you. How important is it to actually work out a plan and a pitch when you go up and approach them? I think it's really, really important. I can't actually I can't stress enough the importance of conferences like TBEX that put you face to face with the people who are going to be making the decisions. I mean, like that that eliminates so much legwork for you, but it also puts you on the spot in that you have to be ready to pitch your idea and be able to sell yourself. And I think that's something that a lot of people are a little bit uncomfortable doing. But train yourself to do that and you know what idea you have and have a great idea to get the opportunity to sit in front of those people face to face which is another key thing not over email not over a phone mm -hmm. call but face to face and talk about a deal back and forth that is invaluable yeah but I want to also stress don't do it too soon we've had so many companies talk to us after TBEX saying I can't believe the people that sat down here that had been blogging for two months that think that I'm going to just give them a free trip uh -huh. right you have to have a really clear vision the last thing they want to hear is a, a free trip you know, they'll have a media tour sometime six months from now when they want to have somebody if they want a free trip. But sit down and say, I have this idea. This is my niche and this is how I think we could work together. Think about your niche and really look through the, the uh, itinerary yeah. and say, who are the five companies I want to really target and come in with this kick-ass idea that I have that really fits my blog, my personality, and I can really be help benefit their brand as well. Mm -hmm. and, then sit down and, talk to them. and then get out to those parties and meet everybody too. That, that's where yeah. most of the deals take place is really at the parties. Because, yeah. you know, you only, like I said, it's speed dating. You only have maybe five or seven minutes to talk yeah. to them. But uh, at the parties, you can probably get a better ear and talk a little bit more details yeah. about what and you want to do. Yeah, and make sure that you come up and talk to all of the people who've been around for a long time. I know that there was when we were in Athens, I was talking to some, I can't remember the tour company, but there was somebody based in Turkey. He wanted to work with us, but it didn't work for us. And I met a girl in Athens, and she was fantastic. And I introduced the two of them, and I said, "You two should talk." Yeah. You know. And then she said to me, "Hey, I'm going to Turkey." You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. So you know, like that's the other thing. Just mingle and talk to as many people as you can. And it's mostly, you know, we've talked to so many companies. They say it's personality driven. If you hit it off with somebody, they're going to want to work with you. And if you don't quite have the readership or anything yet, they're going to want to help you. Yeah. So buy them a beer. I mean, that sounds like the best advice, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know what? It's it goes a long way. It yeah. does. You don't even necessarily have to, yeah. Most of the time, those parties have free drinks yeah, anyway. I prefer to have a free drink. <laughs> That's the best time to buy someone a beer. You know what I do all the time? I offer to go pick up the beer. Who needs a beer at the bar? I'll, I'll carry it for you. Yeah, sweet. It's a good method. I like it. Yeah, I think we impressed a few people at the Expedia party in Athens because we uh, just walked up to the bar and we're like, you know, you can stop handing out everyone these drinks and just like hand over the bottles of wine. It's free. Just give us a whole bottle right now. And they went, Oh yeah, all right. And so, so we had this whole bottle of wine and went up to the group of people that we're talking to and we're like, we got the bottle, who wants a glass? And so- You were, you were superstars. Exactly, <laughs> won them over. And you, and you remembered that way. It's always the things like that. Like that seems like, I know that it was something you were just doing because that's who you are, but then that's who you are. You want you, your personality shine through your blog and who it's, you know, and something like that people remember. And then you're now, you know, you're on people's radar, things like that, that's smart. Even though you were just doing it out of the kind of kindness of your heart. <laughs> kind of, yeah, of course. Because it's fun as well. That's <laughs> yeah, the other reason we do exactly. it. Exactly. And everyone wants to work with fun people. Yeah. So that's it. Go to the bars after the conference. Don't go home. Never go home. So apart from alcohol, what other things, what other strategies um, when it comes to pitching, if you are going to send someone an email after you've already talked to them a little bit on Twitter and made sure you've got the right contacts or you are contacting the right person, what's the best way to approach them by email? Should you hit them up with just a, hey, I've got an idea, let me know if you want to know about it? Or you know, how in-depth should you get in your first email to someone you've maybe never spoken to before but just been referred to? That's uh, what really important. You want to just send that first introductory. You want to give them the idea. Like yeah. I, I've actually broken this down before. You want to give them a good introduction. What I would say in that first paragraph is say, hi, it's, you know, we all do, do something like, hey, it's Dave and Deb of theplanetd.com. And then you want to give them quickly your credentials. Say something like whatever you've had happen recently. If you're like, if you've won an award or if you have, um, you're one of the biggest travel bloggers in your country or anything like that, you want to give them those credentials of in that first two lines. What if, like, what if it's like my mom is my, like, thinks I'm the best travel blogger. And that's right? your best <laughs> that's award. That's the best you got going. <laughs> that would be a delete, I would yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, find something. Even if it's just, uh, you know, say somebody put you on, um, you know, say one of your peers put you on the, uh, the top, like one of their top lists, you know, like say, uh, you know, I'm on the top 10 list at so-and-so.com mm -hmm. of one of the best travel blogs to follow or one of the top travel blogs to follow of 2015, something like that. You want to grab that pitch. And that's the thing. If it is, I know you were just joking there, but if it is your mom that's just your best, then you shouldn't be sending the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> have, yeah. have something in your credentials. You know, we always have like the quick thing about an award we just won or some, you know, list that we just won or that we're number one somewhere, something like that. 
Okay. So the next section you want to put it, why you're writing, you know, why you, why you should work together and what you're looking for. So you want to show them that you have a clear and concise idea of why you're writing them and you know why they should, you, they should be working with you, you know, and that's, again, that's really going to grab them. That's sort of the, the meat of the email saying, Hey, here you go. This is our idea. This is why we should work together. And here's what we're looking for. Yeah. And then, and then I think for new people come up with a hook. Like when we were first starting out, one of our first, no, one of our first was the Mongo rally. That was the first thing we really went for sponsorship. Uh -huh. So it was a great idea. We told them, you know, we're going to be driving a car from England to Mongolia and it's going to be this great multimedia event. We're going to tweet and, and blog about it in real time. So something just quick like that of what the event is you have coming up and why you're a good fit. So if you're working with a, a car company, uh -huh. you know, we'd say like, why are we a good fit? Well, it's, we're driving, we're doing a, a drive across country yeah. and we fit together because your car is known for, you know, it's durability driving. You know, you want to get those common ground on how you can work together. Yeah, and then finally offer to send them a form of proposal at, at the end of the email. You know, don't leave it open-ended. Say, hey, you know, look, uh, if you like this idea, uh, I can send on a form of proposal and here's more information uh, or here's a link to get more information on me and link to your media kit. You know, make sure you have a media kit and something there where they, a place where they can go and look at all your credentials. Yeah, so you don't make this a formal proposal the first one. You just quickly tell them and introduce who you are and why you're, I always say, why you're great. Why am I great? Why should you read on? You know, and then you tell them the idea and why you're looking at them as a company and then end with, if you're interested, I can send you on a formal proposal. In the meantime, here's a link to my media kit. If you're writing that first email, how many words do you reckon is good? You know, is 500 too many? Is it already really lengthy or should it be like 150 words? Just, just an average. I was, I was, yeah, I don't know how many words. I was thinking like maybe five or six pair or five, five or, six or six sentences, sentences you know? Yeah. Okay. So really quite short then. Yeah, people don't have a lot of time. They want to know right away. Like I always say, like I have, I have. Dave opened this up. I have one from our thing. Like we do something like quickly, like, hey, we're Dave and Deb with ThePlanetD.com. We're Canada's number one travel blog, and we're one of the top adventure blogs in the world. And we have two hundred thousand monthly readers. Boom. That's all I need. That's like one sentence, you know. Mm. And then move on. I'm writing you because, and then I'll think of like we did one when we were looking for sunglasses for Antarctica. I'm writing you because we're heading off to Antarctica next month and we love your sunglasses. I used them when I was cycling Africa and we think that this would be great for an adventure travel destination to showcase your sunglasses yeah. to our readership and our social media following of X amount of people. And then you say, Quick. then Ooh. the last part, if you're interested, we can send you on a formal proposal outlining the project in more detail. In the meantime, here's our media kit with demographics, statistics, and readership details. Thank you for your consideration. Don't hesitate to contact us if you have any questions. Boom. That's the end of the email. Yeah. yeah. yeah there you go. That is Just drop that mic and walk off stage. Yeah, that's it. We're done. <laughs> now that's tight. That's really simple. It's really to the point and it's it's going to be enough for them to make a decision. Do I want to know more or, or is it not for me? So, and it saves you a lot of time because we've already written loads of pitches for people that are like 500 words and then we get nothing back. And we're like, well, now I've got to write a new pitch for the next person because it's slightly different. Right. And you're like, well, I'm wasting lots of time writing pitches that don't get replies. So That's, yeah, this is so a very right. simple method. That's what you do because then you can tailor the pitch even more. You tell them the quick reason of why. Lots of times, most of the time we've used the product before. Yeah. And that's how we do the hook. We used it before and we can show them where we've used it or something like that. Or we love the product and this is the Because, reason. yes. Yeah. But then, yeah, you don't need any more. And then if they email back and say, yeah, I'd like more, that's when you can sit down because chances are they're going to work with you if they want. Yeah, put the pitch together. Yeah, that's when you can sit down and put a really formal pitch together. And that's actually where we take uh, more time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's more, and, and, I, and we rarely get a lot of, like our, most of the time these emails get a reply. It's rare that we don't get no reply. Yeah. We'll get like, even if it's a reply, a yes or no. yeah, we'll get a yes or no because it didn't take a lot of their time. But it's a yeah. oh, great idea, but it's not for us right now. It's, or definitely, great idea, it's, yeah, okay. it's definitely a concept that I've heard about lately, which I love is just make it so easy for them that they can just go yes or no. If it's, yeah. if they have to think about it, they're not going to, they're just going to ignore the email and go, I haven't got time to think about that right now. And that doesn't help you. It's better to get a no than to sit around doing three follow-ups going, why haven't I had an answer yet? Yep, make exactly. it easy, make it easy for them. Yeah, because everybody's just so inundated with emails now. Yeah. They want quick, yeah, send on more, I'm interested. Or, I thanks. just want more emails that are like, Tom, have money, have all this money. <laughs> I don't get those emails. <laughs> it's very frustrating. It's all what sort of yeah, it's advertising and rubbish that I don't want to read. <laughs> we can't have it all, but we're trying. That's what this is all about. We're trying to have it all. Actually, the thing, you know, I think it's like most people's like dream. Do you, did you ever watch DuckTales? <laughs> Where you see like Scrooge McDuck dive off his diving board into this giant like pile of money. Yeah. I'm like, I forgot all about that. When you said that, I was like, DuckTales, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> see, that's the dream. I think that's the dream we all have.
Well, when, whenever anyone gets there, we'll have to do an Instagram of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can see the pain on their face as they land headfirst in metal. Yeah, it was just coins, like, wasn't it? Ah. Yeah, it was coins. It's not going to be pleasant to swim in, and you can't dive into that. There's a cartoon. It's a trick. Uh, Don't oh, trust them. Yeah, it was real. <laughs> no, it's not real. I know. I've, bro I've burst the bubble for everybody now. God, I'm so serious. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to try and drag this back onto the topic. So you've sent your initial pitch and you've, it's been maybe two weeks or so and you haven't heard anything back. Is it time to send out a follow-up? Uh, step up the game and send them a follow-up. Yeah, definitely. If you haven't heard from them in two weeks, it's time to definitely say, hey, I sent you an email uh, a couple of weeks ago regarding this blah, 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 blah which, you know, whatever your proposal is. I want to make sure you got that. I'm looking forward to hearing from yeah. you. Yeah, and then say something. If you haven't received it, I'd be happy to send it on again. But don't, don't just reattach and send it all on again. So that's, uh, we've done that. And you know what? I've even had people email me a couple weeks later and I go, oh God, yeah. You know, I, I saw that email, meant to email back and I forgot to mark it on red and never got back to you. So it doesn't hurt to do a follow-up after two weeks and do it again. Yeah. How many is too many with the follow-up? So you send off the second one and still nothing. Like I have heard other people say that like you shouldn't give up until you've at least sent like through five follow-up emails to like, especially if it's someone quite up, like a big company that you're Who's approaching. Who's busy, yeah. Yeah. What, what I would say is two follow-ups at the most and then leave it for a year. Yeah. You know, re revisit six months or a year down the road because if they haven't responded after for me, three emails, for me, I, chances are they've obviously yeah. are not interested or need but to be contacted another time. Dave just was shaking his head before even. We only ever do one follow-up. I figure, yeah. I figure if they, they got my email the first time, if they don't want to hear me from me the second time, then they're not interested. But that's just us. You know, I, I guess it, it wouldn't, you wouldn't annoy anyone to do a third follow-up, but I wouldn't do more. I even me, when I have like some sponsors, or not sponsors, you know, some of those silly advertisers that mm -hmm. constantly email, they make me angry by that third one. I'm like, why are you emailing me again? I didn't, <laughs> I'm talking about the ones that are the really generic advertisers, you know? Uh, yeah, the ones that email you and they're like, hi, I would like to write for your travel blog. My yeah. interests are nothing that my yeah. travel blog is about at all. Oh. Exactly. And they're the ones that are the most persistent. I'll see people go, I sent you an email and this is my follow-up. And then I'll get my, the third one. I'm like, who are you? Why are you? <laughs> but, you know, I figure, personally, I just figure after two, they probably aren't interested and yeah. have to move on. But you don't want to spend too much time chasing your tail or chasing something that might not work. You know, move on to another company. I always say if you have a great idea, make a list of three companies that you think that the general idea would work with. Obviously, you have your number one that you know this is a perfect fit. This is the one I really want to work with. But make sure you have one or two others afterwards. Go after the first one. Give it a, a month or so for them to hear back and get in contact with you. And if you don't, then move on to the second one. Because you don't want to waste so much of your time chasing someone who may not be interested. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm even thinking a month. Is, mm -hmm. If you have an event you're doing that's time sensitive, a month is even too much. Well, it's time sensitive. Really, that's different. Yeah. But, but that's why really in three weeks, if you haven't heard, you send mm -hmm. that email, do the follow-up. Haven't heard again. Okay, move on. Yeah, we recently did a similar thing and actually, like you were saying, get like similar product that a few different companies do. And yeah, we with the third company, we actually had the success. So yeah, you know, it wasn't our number one, but hey, it's a great company and we're really excited to be working with Perfect. them. Perfect. And they don't know it's not your number one. No, no they no, never no, no. will because we're not going to mention the name. <laughs> no. This could be about any company. And a lot of times it can just come down to budget or just they've already got that part of the market mm -hmm. covered. So it's not, a lot of times, we always just say, don't take it personally. You're going to get no's, but everybody gets no's. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's uh, just going to happen and move on. All right, we'll be getting back to the Planet D in just a minute. But first of all, we want to talk about our Monday tool. Da -da 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 -da. Today we are talking about SEO and what plugins we use for this. I hate SEO. Well, yeah, that's because SEO, unless you're the sort of person who likes just doing really menial tasks online, no offense to you if you love SEO, but you know, we're creative types and we hate doing that boring, let's check every single keyword mm. in Google. So we won't be talking a lot about SEO on our show because we don't find it very interesting. There's loads of places you can find out about online. Just type SEO into Google. There's bloody millions of websites on this. It's like big business, yeah. but not for us. <laughs> However, we have a tool, which some of you will know about already, that makes SEO on WordPress really, really easy. It saves us a lot of time. All we have to do now is just do a quick keyword research on Google, which takes about five minutes to see what keyword we want to aim for. And then this tool helps us do everything else really, really quickly. But what is the tool? What is it? Well, some of you will have heard of this. This is WordPress SEO by Yoast. There are a few SEO tools for WordPress, but we found this one to be the most efficient. It's just really easy to use, and because we hate doing SEO so much, we just get it done. And we do have quite a few articles on our site that are very high on Google, so it does work. We yeah, it just kind of goes through your article, and it just sees 
how many times you've actually used a particular, you know, the keyword that you're aiming for, whether or not you've put that keyword into your meta description. But also if you're wanting to shoot stuff out to social media, as of course you're going to be, you can actually change up your meta description so it fits the different formats of like, because Facebook is different to Twitter, which is different to Google+. So it allows you to adjust it to fit whatever um, particular social yeah. media you're using and pictures as well. You can choose different images. So with Google, you want to have a meta description that's stuffed with keywords. Whereas on Twitter, you want a better description that makes people go, ooh, what's this about? I wonder if I'll click on it. The point is that you want to grab people's attention on Twitter and make them curious as to what the article is about. Whereas if you do that on Google, it's just not going to rank. It just has to be lots of boring keywords cleverly put in, not sounding like a robot. Anyway, this is SEO talk and it's boring as shit. So this tool, it's free. You can install it as a plugin on WordPress. It's there on every post. It's really simple. It'll tell you if you've missed putting keywords in your photos and everywhere else. So get WordPress SEO by Yoast and make your posts get a little bit more successful everywhere on the internet. I've got to ask you the tough question, and this is the question I'm sure you get asked all the time, but I'm going to reframe it a little bit. We'll make the, hopefully it will make it a little bit easier for you to answer. But how much money should people be asking for? Now, obviously, it's like, that's like saying, you know, I'm this movie star and I'm this movie star and I'm being in this movie and I'm being in this movie. What do I deserve to get? There isn't really an industry standard that we've heard of, and I'm sure you guys probably don't have one either. How do listeners really put a dollar value on exactly what they do personally? How can they figure out their dollar value so they know what their service is worth? Well, I think, you know, like you said, there is really no one formula, but the, the, the way we like to break it down is we start off with how much money do you want to make in the year? And be realistic here, like not like a million dollars. Damn. <laughs> how much do you think that is a good amount of money that you want to make this year for where you are in your career? And then think about how many projects you want to do in that year. Divide it by the amount of money. So you have, you need to make this much money off of this many projects. Uh, in order to survive. And then what you do is you take the one project and you say, okay, what deliverables can I offer? And start breaking down those deliverables and get them a monetary value. That's the way we do it. So like you would say, a yeah. blog post would cost this much money. I would charge this much. Instagram takeover would cost this much money. A video would cost this much money. Total that all up for the campaign, then add a little bit of money on it. You know, like 25%, I would say, 25 to 30% onto there for headroom negotiating room. Mm. And that should be the value that you come up with for a campaign. That's a very simplistic way of doing it. It's sort of working backwards from where you want to be to what you have to do in order to achieve that. Yeah, and you have to be realistic of what you can give away. Like when you say deliverables, say you want to charge $10,000 for a campaign. You don't want to run yourself ragged to yeah. making five videos and 20 blog posts. You know, you can't, you have to look at what you're worth for each. So a lot of things, people are starting to know what they charge for a sponsored post. So that's a good place to start. What do I charge for a sponsored post? That's just a you know, someone has just said, hey, do you want to write about these? I'll stick with my foot theme and go with these boots, you know? Yeah. You know so how much would you charge for that for just just a sponsored post? You don't have really a relationship. You're just putting in a sponsored. So maybe it's 200 bucks. Yeah, whatever, I don't know. Say. Whatever people what would a, charge for that. Yeah. And then you start going, well, that then I'm going to add a relationship into it. I'm going to make it a long-term uh, thing. I'm going to put in all of my social media with it. I'm going to do some nice photography and take some time. So then maybe you bump that up to, I'm going to charge $1,000 for that blog post. You know, things like that. You start thinking about that way of doing things. But I know for us, it's been it's been trial and error. You know, there's, there's lots of times where we get, that's too much. And there's times where we, they say yes right away, where we're like, oh, we should have charged more money. But then I'm going to know <laughs> the next time that I do a project that, hey, you know what? I can probably add, I, I have more value. So I can add more money to the proposal. Yeah. I know when we first, like when we were first starting out, we were just thrilled if we could make $30,000 in a year. Uh -huh. So we'd be like, okay, how much work can we put into each thing? You're nickel and diming almost. You might be like, oh, I'm getting $1,000 for this thing and yeah. $2,000 for that. You know, and you're doing a lot more work you're doing more than you should be doing. So you want to go, like I want to make $30,000 this year. So then how many campaigns will that take me to do? Maybe I want to get three sponsors at $10,000 each, something like that, uh -huh. right? And you start going, what deliverables? If I put two blog posts in that, that's $2,000, you know, things like that. And then you, we just break things down. What do we charge? Now I'm not using the numbers we charge because we have a, and it, you know, the, the cost changes with the level of commitment that's going to be involved uh, with that particular campaign. So if it's maybe it's a one off of a couple of sponsored posts and some tweets, obviously the value in that is going to be a little bit less than if I'm working on a one year partnership with you where it involves a whole lot more as far as elements are concerned. If it's a one year thing where I'm doing a whole bunch of different things, then maybe I'm willing to lower the value on my social media shares because it's made up somewhere else in the campaign. You know, you have to show them that you're giving them value as well. So by knowing what you would charge for each one of those things, it allows you to add and take away 
in order to come up with the bottom line for the campaign yeah. total. So long story short, we take a long time to get here. Right. It's go it's through what you charge. What would you charge for a blog post? Have all it clear. What would you charge to make a video? Like, and a lot of times I say to people, what would make you happy? Mm -hmm. Don't get so stuck like on what is everyone else making. If you go, hey, you know what? I'm going to make a video and I'm going to make it for $2,000 and I'm going to be thrilled if I get that. That's good. And if it wasn't enough this time, you charge more next time, you know? But if you're happy with what you're going to make and if by the end of the year you reach your, your first year goal of what you want to mm -hmm. make, there's nothing wrong with that. Dave and I totally undervalued ourselves for the first year and I'm not telling anyone to undervalue themselves. No. But if you're happy with what you are, you have to start somewhere, right? Mm. And then you learn from that and then the next time you go, okay, crap, I didn't ask enough for this and then go higher. But basically it comes down to what would make you happy with what you're going to make this year and what it would take to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that definitely makes sense. I think it's really good advice. Yeah, I, so we have a clear idea of what we're going to charge for, say we take over somebody's Instagram account for a week. What would that fee be? If we're going to give them a whole social media yeah. package, what would that fee be? And then if you put that all together and make it all one big ambassador package, that'll be great. You know, but then that's when we also say make sure you add 25 to 30% more on top of everything because bloggers inevitably undervalue themselves. Mm. We so, learned the hard way not to undervalue ourselves. Right. <laughs> we were constantly like, okay. <laughs> I, I think everybody probably learns the hard way. Uh, that's the only yeah. real way to learn, isn't it? I mean, we've been learning things the hard way the whole time we've been doing this, and then realizing afterwards, damn, I wish I'd done an interview with Planet D and they learned <laughs> some information about some stuff that we should have been doing already, like doing shorter pitches. Why did I not learn this already? Because you can't. You can't always learn everything. You learn as you go. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait until I, I stop saying, well, I learned that the hard way. No, you never will. Our favorite <laughs> thing we say to each other as all the time is, well, we learned another lesson today. Yeah. Seems like we're always saying that. <laughs> so I guess in terms of lessons, something that maybe people worry about, I certainly worry about this a little bit. If you do go to a company and you give them a good pitch and you say, look, you know, we've got 20,000 readers and we're going to do this sponsored post for you and it's going to cost $150. And then after you've done the campaign, you send them the stats and say, well, yeah, I mean, a thousand people read it. We, we have 10,000 readers, but only a thousand people read your article. Um, I mean, they're not going to be too happy about that, right? And Say you only charge them $150, so I'd be happy with that. So a thousand readers for $150 of an article, if it gets a thousand page views, that's really quite good. I think yeah, but uh, I would also uh, say to them, hey, look, you know what? That's a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. You know, like maybe within this period, you got a thousand views, but with SEO and as my site grows, that content's going to get viewed more and more yeah. and more as it goes on down the line. So it's not like you're getting a one-off, say, if you want to compare it to, say, a magazine that someone reads once or a newspaper and throws it in the garbage or throws it on the shelf and never reads it again. This is something that people can come back to again and again. If they, they don't understand that, then I think it's up to you to explain that to them because that's mm. the real big value in, in sort of on or digital media in that it, it does keep on giving. Yeah, yeah, it's always there and you just never know when something's going to go viral. Like there's been things on YouTube that have been up there for two years and suddenly Ellen posts it on her show and it goes absolutely ballistic. So you just That's, never know. I have to say most, a lot of our old posts that say we wrote three years ago didn't do anything three years ago, but now suddenly I'll, I'll kind of check them out or see something and go, oh my God, did you know that this post just got mm -hmm. went crazy on StumbleUpon? Yeah. I didn't even know or something like that, you know, just like you said. So, and for our larger campaigns, we do a follow-up a year later. You know, we'll give that. We do a whole breakdown when the full, when the year is over, and that's what you got. And then a year later, we'll send a follow-up with the uh, statistics to just show them the value of that. You know, this is still going on. People are still discovering this content. You know, puts it in their mind that yeah, this is the gift that keeps on yeah. giving. So, if you had one piece of advice for yourself seven years ago, before you got into blogging full time, what what would it be? What was the best thing that you should have done that you didn't do? Hire someone to do our website right off the bat. Uh, it's not a professional. We're just constantly trying to fix that yeah. sucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, WordPress, tell me about it. We have someone working on it right now, so we're hoping that it'll be fixed in the, in the next couple months. Definitely have more of a business sense. Like, take some more business courses and learn how to run a business because you really are an entrepreneur and you are running your own business. And you know, rather than learning some of the things that I know I could have learned had I studied or, or talked to somebody about it or taking a course, I had to learn the hard way. Not everything, obviously, but I could have had a little bit better basis than, than when I started off. I think that would have made a difference. Yeah, in a way, set aside um, marketing money. Even if you're not making much money yet, just set aside a little bit, and as you grow, you can do more. Marketing's important. See, there's never just one thing. Oh, my God, there's never. so much. <laughs> <laughs> if you knew how many marketing books I've read this year. Yeah. But it's, I find it interesting, so I don't mind reading them, and it is helping our brand, so it's all right. You found what you love, so you're doing Yeah, it. marketing's all right. I can do the marketing. The WordPress stuff, I need to find someone else to pay to do it for me because I hate doing WordPress. <laughs> all right, well, thanks for joining us today, guys. Thanks to the Planet D. Thanks for having us. No worries. You guys are great.
Oh, thank, oh, you. thank you. We do our best. We, we consider ourselves the most unprofessional travel blogging podcasters on the planet. That's really our, our thing. Yeah, we so aim for that. You know? we, we aim to be <laughs> casual as possible, which is why we're having a beer. It's great. It was a fantastic interview, guys. Yeah, a lot of fun. I can't wait till it launches. Well, through the magical time or power of the internet, it will already have launched by the time anyone's listening to this. So for anyone who doesn't already know who you are, which I'm sure is hardly anybody, please tell them where they can come and find you. Well, come on and check us out. We're Dave and Deb at theplanetd.com, where adventure is for everyone, and you'll get some inspiration on how you can change your life and travel too. Awesome. Fantastic. Perfect. Okay, well. <laughs> I did an announcer voice. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> we like doing announcer voices every now and then. Oh, I've got an announcer voice as well. I just, I had a beer already, so I can't be bothered with that voice anymore. <laughs> I'm professional. Yeah, I'm professional. Cool. Okay, well, thanks again, Planet D, for joining us on the $5 Planet podcast. All right, thanks a lot, guys. We had a blast. It is travel homework time. I know you've been waiting all episode for it. Everyone loves homework. But the difference is with this homework, unlike homework from school where you just had to do maths equations, this one, you're going to try and make some money. You're going to get you paid. So that's what our travel homework is all about. So not too long ago, our travel homework was we wanted you to go out and start schmoozing with brands over Twitter, Facebook, commenting, different things. So hopefully you've been schmoozing away and now it's time to take things to the next step. It's time to get a little closer to each other. Time to get a little friendlier. Oh. and approach them for sponsorship. Oh, yeah. Just draw them in with the sexy sort of come on and then go, I want your money. <laughs> it's like... We've been working for people for years. Yes, it's oh, the oldest just... profession in the world. <laughs> so like we've done with our sponsors, go out there and decide who aligns well with your brand and also like who has products that you just really love using, something that you're going to be passionate to tell the world about. An easy way to start off to get some free stuff. So like recently we got our lens shoes and we got our Cabin Zero backpacks. Love them. Yeah, very cool. And all we did was approach the company, said we're going to write an article, we're going to give you some social media stuff, we're going to take some photos, it's going to be really cool, and you know, then they send us some free stuff. Yeah, that's the first step to starting a little relationship. It's mm -hmm. all about the relationship. Make those relationships. <laughs> the story corner accent coming back again. I know, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, you know, treat treat the relationship with your with your brand that you want it that you want like you treat a lady with love and respect. Yeah. Give it a bath. <laughs> <laughs> you never Let's... gave me a bath when you were trying to court me. No. No, that would just be weird. I'm not a dog. Giving <laughs> a dog a bath, that'd be they'd be pretty stoked with that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Good relationship advice. If you're trying to court a dog, give it a bath. If you're trying to court a, a company where you want some free stuff, Perhaps send them a nice email. Or call them. Call them if you want. Yeah, you can phone yeah, people like if you like. I mean, hell. Old school. Personal Bones. touch. But don't touch them personally. Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. But remember, it's not just about scoring free stuff. It really is about forming a relationship. So that then in the future, you can go back to them and say, I did this awesome article for you. Can you give me some references? Then you can go and get bigger and better companies. And you start building your brand and getting really good feedback. And then you can get whatever the hell you want. Go forth. Get sponsors. Conga. Thanks for joining us on the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. Join us again on Thursdays for our complete plan to more affordable travel. We'll also be sharing $5 food and fun tips for our feature destination. So don't miss it. Or join us again next Monday for Money Mondays, where we'll be sharing yet more expert advice on how to build a sustainable online income. Remember to tweet your questions and comments to at $5travel with the number five. Or visit us on $5dollarplanet.com to find the show notes and links from today's episode. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the $5 Planet. Bye for now. Bye.